and you're listening to the one two three show with me noreen Mir, on this monday afternoon and time i'm rubbing my hands together time for a bit of trash talk and uh today on trash talk marcy trent long talks with dana winograd from plastic free seas about their recent discovery of black microplastic waste on discovery bay beach Hey, Trash Talk listeners. Today we have Dana Winograd of Plastic Free Seas here to talk about a tragedy. Over the last month, more than two tons of black microplastic waste has seen to be washed up on the Discovery Bay shoreline. Plastic Free Seas has been leading the investigation into the cause of this material polluting Discovery Bay beaches and also our nearby waters. So welcome to the show, Dana. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's a horrible thing that happened, but I think there's also maybe some good lessons learned that we can look at as well later. But why don't you start with uh, the spill, the source, and how you found it? Okay, great. Well, first, let me clarify that it's only affecting one small beach in Discovery Bay, which makes it really interesting. It's not affecting the main beach or the beach to the north. It's not affecting even mangroves really close by to this beach, but it's one small beach in a very small bay. So you would think that finding the source would be easier than something that was affecting a a wide line of, of shoreline. So late July, I was notified that there was some black stuff washing up on this one particular beach. So I went down, and this is not a very accessible beach. You have to climb over a fence, scramble down some rocks. It's very tidal. Good exercise. Yes, very good exercise. It's very tidal. So you, at high tide, there is no beach. And then at low tide, it's very low, and it gets very murky. And so you have to kind of be there at the right time. But I went down there and realized that this was something that looked very much like the infill from a sports pitch. So, of course, I started having a look around, and we have two pitches in Discovery Bay, and I quickly established that it didn't seem to be the same crumb as they were using on the Discovery College sports pitch, which is actually the closest pitch. Right, that's the ESF school that's there, the, right? Exactly. And uh, But it looked quite similar to the crumb that is used on the North Plaza pitch, which is managed by um, a city management... Company as part of Hong Kong Resorts, you know, who manages the entire Discovery Bay. Right. And so the pitches are sports pitches for soccer, for rugby. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they're artificial grass. They tend to use a rubber crumb um, to help with its um, gives a padding. It helps to keep the grass up. It's just part of what they use globally. Yeah, and it it helps you stick to the so you don't slip out. Right? It probably has to, and it's also I think helps with um, growth of mold and all that kind of stuff. So, but it's not necessarily healthy stuff. No, there's been a lot of discussion over the years as to whether this is carcinogenic. I, I, but that's not something that I am actually focusing on at the moment. Right. But there is there. There has been that issue as well. Right. So just yet another part of the darker picture, though, uh, potentially of this. So, all right. So and two tons has Mm. come out over the last year. Right. Probably it's two tons that over two tons that have been removed. Now, that, of course, includes water. I did a little test at home in water and over two days it uh, increased in in weight by 50 percent so already you've got excess water in the weight that you're you're pulling out of the from the from the sea and then you've got 
leaf debris and shells and whatever. So it's probably not that high of a volume of the actual crumbs, but it's impossible to to estimate otherwise. Okay. It's still over a ton, I would say. That's a lot. It's, and it's huge. And trash talkers, Dana's been out there at the beach um, exercising her muscles, but, you know, it's been pretty hard just in the heat actually gathering up a lot of this stuff. But the Marine Department did come out and help you a bit. Yes, no, I have to say the Marine Department was very responsive. Luckily, because of what we do at Plastic Free Seas, we have a lot of good contacts. So I was able to contact the correct department on the evening, even though it was quite late, and they had a team out the next morning. Now, unfortunately, the team wasn't prepared, as I had recommended them to be, but we had a lot of extra equipment, so they were able to get to work, and and soon after, they brought more. And they were there for two days, and in those two days, I can't remember the volume, but it was quite a quite a bit, and then I believe it started to rain, perhaps, so the it kind of stopped, and then... The following week, I realized the problem was still there. So I called the Marine Department again, (laughs) and they came back. But what was interesting was quite quickly on, I asked them about their investigation, because obviously you have this vast amount of of pollution in the water. Of course, you're going to do an investigation. And they said... The Marine Department said, well, that's that would be the EPD. They have a special task force on that. And I said, oh, great. So they've they've started. Right. And they said, no, would you would you like us to contact them? (laughs) So I said, yes, please. (laughs) So it did then get handled by the EPD and they did a uh, they started an investigation, which they I'm not sure would have continued on without my pushing. So then let's talk a little bit about that. So because you've done obviously your own investigation as well. And it's more of, you know, just for the listeners to understand how could all these crumbs get from a pitch uh, to your nearby beach? Very good question. Thank you. So uh, there on this particular pitch, there is uh, storm drains running around three sides of the pitch. Now, you don't always have storm drains around a pitch. Sometimes they're hidden underneath, but you always have drainage. And storm drains always lead to the sea. Mm-hmm. So, of course, anything that's coming off of the pitch is going to lead to the sea. Now, I have no uh, access to the storm drains in Discovery Bay because they're not held by the government. They're held by Hong Kong resorts and they haven't shared them. But I know they're going to the sea because if not, it would be flooded there. Um, we did see a huge amount of these this infill in and around the, the storm drains. So we know for a fact that the infill is getting into the storm drains, and we know that there is what appears to be infill washing up on the beach so i'm can only surmise that there's a link but of course we we don't know for sure right and so that's the investigation that you're hoping that the government does and the government you know plastic free seas was kind of founded on a huge plastic pellets bill and from that came i i thought some kind of a government plan to deal with these marine spills. Exactly. So after the 2012 plastic pellet spill, what came out of that was a um, an interpart interdepartmental working group on clean shorelines and they were they were made up of a number of of groups within the government, the first ever, I think interdepartmental working group to come together to solve these marine incidences. Now, it changed slightly in 2018 and became what's called the Interdepartmental Working Group on Marine Environmental Management, which actually I think sounds great because it's it's management, which should include prevention as well as cleanup. Okay. Now, unfortunately, all 
it, the focus has been on cleanup, and they've done well. Today, again, they're back there. Um, the Marine Department is back there. That's great. The EPD is in control of the investigation and, therefore, the cleanup. So um, upon instruction from the EPD, the Marine Department will go out to clean now, and they were there today, although I did call them last week, and it they didn't respond immediately, which was a little bit disappointing. So I went out, and I got about 50 kilograms of, oh, of crumbs. Um, but the... The, the worrying thing is, is that along with those changes in 2018, they came up with a task force on emergency response to marine environmental incidences. So that says that they thought it was very important to have this emergency response plan in place, which was the goal of since 2012. And unfortunately, I... I don't see that it's in place well enough. The, the cleanup has been done quite well, but... Uh, looking into the source of the investigation doesn't seem to be a, a priority. And also, I've asked them now, you know, if if my neighbor found a problem tomorrow night, a marine incident of, you know, the same sort of um, level, what should they do? Who do they call? And I haven't, they weren't able to answer me. <laughs> so for everyone out there, the first thing you do, as far as I'm concerned, is call one eight two three. Okay. That's the emergency hotline for a number of governmental departments. Unfortunately, under COVID, it was a bit shut down for a while, not working at full capacity. But as far as I know, for the general public, that's your best route. But honestly, at this point, they need to have a better emergency response plan in place than just telling people to call 1823. Or 1823 has to know what that next step is, which... I'm quite certain they don't. They don't, yeah. No, yeah. they are usually just a, okay, we'll send it on to another department sort of thing. Right, because in a lot of cases they, I mean, certainly with the plastic pellet spill uh, earlier, that that came from a ship, right? And yes. so you need that response to be really quick if we want to quell uh, the material getting into the ocean. In this case, it was done. It was a done thing. It was a matter of cleaning it up and investigating. Right. So with the 2012, they still needed to search for more because they knew how many, I think, I believe they knew how many um, containers may have been lost or, well, they, they knew that some had been lost and they were, it was a matter of searching for them. But a lot of the emergency response to that one was done by uh, NGOs and the public. All right, so let's get back to these pitches and the investigation. So I'm sure, like all of us, you might be, there's frustrations that, you know, normally the government's not moving fast enough, right? That, that's common, right, in many subjects. So, but if, if, if we think that it were these black crumbs and the drainage system, which we can't get the maps to, right, um, is there a way to manage these pitches correctly? And, uh, that people are doing it well in Hong Kong? or No, I haven't. I'm not aware of anywhere that it's being managed properly. I have in part of my communications with the EPD, I've pulled in the LCSD because they do manage so many of the pitches around Hong Kong, which are artificially um, grassed. So I've recommended to them that they do need to have a think about this and look into what the situation is. It's not probably not going to be on the scale of what we see what's happened in Discovery Bay. But, you know, globally, this is an issue. There's an organization out of Europe called FIDRA that has a, a small website on this issue of, of infill and artificial pitches and how they are polluting into the environment. 
and there is legislation being worked on to try and control this. And I did contact a company in Germany that does focus on this very problem. So they create filtration systems for artificial pitches and they capture the microplastics before they get out into the storm drain system. Okay, so so when maybe some of the, I'm going through my head thinking, okay, we were able to ban, you know, micro beads, right? Well, no, we haven't actually banned them. We've had a voluntary program into banning them. Yes, there's okay. the government is hoping that the industry will follow take that action lead. Okay. on this. And yes. then following on the black, you know, do we have to think about banning these things or you said maybe there's best a practices mm. i'd like to to think that the government can look into best practices how how you manage your pitches you know first of all you have to manage them properly they there is a protocol for how you manage an artificial pitch so make sure you're following those um that you're grooming them properly that you're cleaning them properly and then looking at the the drainage sewage and if this, I'm not sure about the retro uh, fitting, but definitely any new pitches. Why aren't we looking into making sure that we're not polluting the environment with our sports fields? So yeah, there exactly. are thing, ways that we can look move forward, and I am hoping that it will get onto the LCSD's agenda to discuss. And so you're pushing that? I bit. am pushing that as well. Yeah, yes. I think that's important, right? Absolutely. The, the solution. So so the investigation is a little bit stalled, or, or, or I guess what it is is the, you just may not know everything that's happening in the, in the background. Right. I have asked the EPD. I have said, you know, for sake of transparency, could you share a little bit more information on how the investigation is going? And he, well, at first he had said, I can't share anything with you. And then when I, I, when I put it that way, he said, let me find out what I can share with you. So I'm waiting to hear back from them. Okay, well, hopefully you get a little bit more. And what, what's um, up for the next month? Like, do you, ex are you watching the monitoring the beach? And how is that? What's yes. happening with that? And you're getting volunteers to help you do this. It's not just Dana Winograd out there. You know, it's because of COVID. It's not uh easy for me to to call out a group of volunteers mm -hmm. i don't feel comfortable to pull groups of people together so it has been quite a small group of people volunteering whenever they can the tide is an issue so you have to tell them when they can go and the other problem is i can't really ask people to climb a fence and scramble down rocks in order to clean up something. It's really something that they, if they would like to offer their help, that's fantastic. But I'm not going to put out a widespread call for help in this particular situation. It is accessible by kayak or stand-up paddleboard as well if you don't want to climb over. It's not terribly hard, but it's not your average beach where you just walk down to the beach and grab a bag and some gloves. You know, you need your sieve. It's really best if you get in the water to sieve from inside the water. So it's it's not your normal beach cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no school beach cleanup. For no, no, no. We're not yeah. inviting down the school kids. No. Well, you're not doing them still right now, right? right? right. For the COVID. Um, Trash Talk listeners, if Anything like this comes up, I think take Dana's advice of calling 1823 for emergency. If it's at all related to plastic, also immediately, you know, Facebook message Dana and Plastic Free Seas and let them know about it uh, because they know how to get the government responding in a, a productive way, definitely in the past with a lot of badgering. Um, 
And Dana, I really appreciate you coming in and telling us about it. Oh, thank you for inviting me again and giving me the chance to let people know about this. And hopefully we will see change and we will have some protocols put in place where there is a, a, a more of a desire to look for the source of pollution and not just focus on the cleanup. Cleanup is super important, of course, but we need to find the source so that we can make sure it doesn't continue to happen. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks so much, Dana. Thank you. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK on the Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for this week's Trash Talk, and she was speaking to Dana Winograd from Plastic Free Seas about their recent discovery of black microplastic waste on a Discovery Bay beach. But just to clarify, not in the main beach section, but in one of the smaller beaches. Uh, to revisit past episodes of uh, Trash Talk, do visit our Radio 3 homepage uh, for the archive.